Good to see everyone. Uh, good to see everyone online. And uh, I hope this lesson will, will profit you. It profited me putting it together. And you probably will never know how much. I believe several weeks ago I asked the congregation or I, I asked a number of people to pray for me. I've got some issues going on. Not here in Jessup, not, not work related. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny how the Lord takes care of you. When things are really down over here, you make some things up here, over here. So, um, But our responsibility is to, to follow the Lord and to do His will. And um, so this morning, I, I want to take the crucifixion of our Lord and look at Christ's suffering. And I want us to relate it to whenever we have hardships. And I want to try to draw the parallels in our lives of how Christ suffered and how we suffer, how Christ handled it, and how we should handle it. Not the way Clay would handle it. So you might see some of Clay's handling in, in this lesson. And if we do, you can read the scriptures again and say, well, this is how Christ handled it. But I think this is important for us because there's some great lessons here. So take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 26. We're going to start at verse 1. So I hope this comes out all right. I don't think I've ever heard a lesson like this. I probably would have never preached a lesson like this, nor would I have seen the pre-crucifixion quite like I see it today. So, starting in, in chapter 26, we read in verse 2, you know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man is to be handed over for crucifixion. Our Lord and Savior knew He was going to be crucified. He understood that. Just like we know we are going to be persecuted for the Lord's sake. We understand that. So we're equal right now with our Lord. As we go through this, we're going to, as we go through suffering, we're going to find that our closest friends and our relations do not understand always the situation we're in. They haven't caught up to the situation. They, they are not understanding where we are in time, where your mind might be. That doesn't mean they're bad people because this, this next incident here that's recorded in Scripture is a very positive incident, but there's also some negatives there. And it's about the precious appointment and anointing Christ. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany, at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster vial of very costly perfume, and she poured it out on his head as he reclined at the table. But the disciples were indignant when they saw this and said, Why this waste? For this perfume might be sold for a high price and money given to the poor. But Jesus was aware of this, said to them, Why do you bother the woman? For she has done good to me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. For when the poor poured out the perfume, 
On my body, she did it to prepare my burial. Truly, I say to you, whoever reads this gospel is preached in the whole world that this woman has been, uh, what this woman's done uh, will also be spoken in memory of her. I don't, I didn't go look at all the other passages, but I don't think her name's mentioned. And so I'm going to call this a little person. And whenever I say little person, I'm looking at the apostles as being somebody that Christ was teaching and growing. And I'm looking at this woman as just somebody that sometimes it's not the leaders that get it. That's what's fixing to happen. People that you might most depend on. If it's your problem, I'm probably not going to be where you are. I don't catch up emotionally as quick as other people. I've been told that many times. But some of our closest friends and whenever we're in our intimate moments, people are not going to see where we are whenever we're being persecuted or whenever it's coming. But this woman saw that. So that's encouraging. Our, so the next passage I want to look at is in verse 14. Our closest relations will get caught up in evil and they will lose their way. So the people we depend on... So. Christ depended on Judas. Then one of the twelve named Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me to betray him? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver. So some of our closest friends will understand, will not understand, they, they will betray us. And they will plot and plan. And that's shown in verse 16. From then on, he began looking for a good opportunity to portray Jesus. So, you see, as Jesus is suffering here, it's going to happen the same way with us. People are going to plot minute by minute, day by day, against you. Why? Why? Everybody's got their own motives. Here, Judas had money. Those same people, when confronted with the truth, when they have the opportunity to change their life and to repent of what they've done, they will continue to focus on the lie. They will look you in the eye. So, so whenever we're at the... At, in verse 21, Christ says, as they were eating, he said, truly I say to you that one of you will betray me. Being deep, deeply grieved, they each one began to say, surely not I, Lord. And he answered, he who dipped his hand with me in the bowl is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man is to go just as it is written of him. But woe to that man whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been, been good for the man if he had not been born. And Judas, who was betraying him, said, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. So as we're being persecuted, we're going to be just like Christ. We can confront somebody. And they're going to be so ingrained in their viewpoint that they can't see the truth. That's going to hurt us. Do you? Th we're we're going to read later on. Let me let me hold that next comment. Now the next thing that happens in this narrative here 
is Christ institutes the Lord's Supper. So Christ is announced. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be crucified. We all know that. But notice he keeps his focus on what his job is and what his responsibilities are. He institutes the Lord's Supper. And to this day, we're still partaking of that Lord's Supper. And so as all of this is swirling around, all the confusion, we see our Savior focused on you and I. Focused on God's will. Can you imagine the torment? Can you imagine what Christ had to be thinking? He knew he was going to that cross. And we're going to see how bad people lied about him. How they treated him. But he kept his focus. And that's what we have to do. Because we are going to suffer. We are going to be put in this position. Verse 31. Verse 31. Christ knew he would be deserted, but he kept his focus still. <clears throat> then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep and the flock shall be scattered. He's foretelling that all of his friends, his closest relations, are going to leave him. He understood that. But Christ kept his eye on the goal because in the very next verse, verse 32, look what he tells him. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. What is Christ looking for here? For you and I, if it's our suffering, I think it's heaven is what, that's the parallel I would draw. But he's saying, I'm going to be crucified, but let me remind you guys, meet me in Galilee. There's going to be a resurrection. He gets through telling them, you, you're all going to leave me tonight, but make sure you meet me in Galilee. Look at what our Savior's doing. What is, what is the expectation for you and I? The people standing with us will be well-intentioned, but they will falter. We're going to have people around us, good people, and they're going to falter. That's what human beings do. Because in verse 33, Christ tells Peter, even though all may fall away because of Peter says, even though all may fall away from you, I will never fall away. Truly I say to you that this is very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me, Christ tells him. And then Peter says, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. It's looking up. It's positive. But Christ knew what they were going to do. But Christ didn't lose his focus whenever he's being persecuted. Do we lose our focus? Christ is in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
And I've probably read over this passage many times. And I have a different point of view of this. But here, he takes three with him, Zebedee, and, uh, Peter, and the two sons of Zebedee. And he gives them instruction. He wants them there to comfort him. He goes off to pray. They fall asleep. They're not bad people. We do that to each other. We get busy. We're not focused on each other's problems. Don't have time. I mean, we can all understand what these gentlemen did. But think about Christ and, and the agony he had. The persecution he's feeling and his closest friends could not stay away. But Christ keeps his focus. And notice in verse 39, he says, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So whenever we're being persecuted, do we have the focus on doing God's will? Or making it right or having revenge. Christ is in the middle of persecution. And he said, he, notice, he says, let this cup pass from me. He doesn't want it. But let your will be done. Let your will be done. And that's, if there's anything for us to do, that's tough. Because a lot of us will take that passage and read it, let Clay's will be done. Because I can win this battle. And I can. To me, that's just an important passage there. Because God's will is what we need to be praying for. Found them sleeping again, verses 43. I think this is funny that it repeats it. Christ goes off to pray again. He comes back. They're asleep again. So we get down to verse 47. And while he was still speaking to the three, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came up accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. I want you to see how evil works. We see this very clearly in our society today. Just flip on the news. Because I want you to notice they came with clubs and swords. Is this the Christ they knew? So what do they what does people have to do? And this is the suffering you and I are going to feel. They have to make you out to be the worst person. And if some of your closest friends is helping, and it's taking a story, one story, that you can look at it at 180 degrees and you get sin. We've all experienced this. We've done this. Maybe you hadn't, but maybe do we? Do we try to look for justice? 
Our Lord and Savior, from what I read, never tried to put together an army, never tried to do anything but the whispers of the elders and the scribes were so evil, the gossip was so bad that they had to come with swords and clubs to get him. And remember, this is God on earth. And remember, he said he can call a thousand angels. He can do whatever he wants to. But notice he keeps his focus. So whenever, if he's keeping his focus whenever he's in persecution, what are we doing? Verse 50, this is what I was going to tell you. My translation, the New American Standard. Verse 50, it says, Then Jesus said to Judas, Friend, 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 do what you have, have come for. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus. So whenever we have persecution, and it's our closest relatives, it's our closest friends, it's the people we lean on in our darkest hours. What did our Christ, what did our Savior do? He kept his focus. He kept focus on the Lord. Verse 51 is my verse. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached out and drew out his sword and struck the slave and the high priest and cut off his ear. He deserved it. How many of us has cut people's ears off? Because they made us out of From a reactionary. When did we wish 10 years later we could pull those words back that we said? But notice our Lord and Savior in this time of persecution, in this time, he hadn't had any sleep. He's got every excuse to do everything wrong. Christ kept his focus on God's will and healed the ear. Put Verse 52, put your sword back into your place for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will once, will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? How then will the scriptures be fulfilled which they, that, that it must happen this way? Whether it's our suffering or Christ's suffering, we've got to be fulfilling the scriptures. We've got to be searching the scriptures. Just because we're suffering doesn't give us an excuse not to fulfill the scriptures. Because look at the example our Lord and Savior set for us. Several passages really speak to me here. This is one of them, verse 55. And at that time, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me? as you would against a robber. Every day I used to sit in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. Think about what he's telling them there. 
Guys, I was with you every day. Whenever we stand for persecution, people have gotten the back rooms. They've run you down. They've told you how bad you were. They, they've got a crowd stirred up. They've taken one statement out of context. And they have run you down. Am I true, Bubba? If you're in politics, you'll read this in the newspaper. I didn't say that. I didn't even mean it that way. Now, we all get things wrong. And I, I, I've actually had good reporters a lot of times. But you can tell when people are after you. But I think this is very true. And why do we think we're going to be different, any different than our Lord and Savior? And I tell you, this is where Matthew 18 really speaks to me. As us Christians, you got something wrong with somebody? You need to go confront them. You need to go solve that problem between you and that person. Because whenever you do that, you stop people coming out with clubs and swords to kill somebody, figuratively speaking, in our day and time. Christ knew he had a much higher mission because here again in verse 56, but all this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures of the prophets. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Do you see how Christ keeps moving down this persecution? All of its faults, but he's not straying from doing what God wants him to do. He is a rogue right now. Well, he's going to be even more of a rogue in just a minute. Have you ever been in this situation where the people that you sat at church looked at you and said, what an evil person. But not a single one of them came and confronted you. That's what my Lord and Savior went through. And what did he do? He fulfilled the scriptures. What is my responsibility to do? What is your responsibility to do? is to try to restore somebody with love and kindness, Galatians. All can be against us. Everybody can be against us. Because in verse 57, these are all the Jews. Those who had seized Jesus led him away Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. So they led him. And then in verse 59, now the chief, chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. They did not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward. But later on, two came forward and said, this man stated, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. The high priest stood up and said, Do you not answer? Whenever we're being persecuted, we're going to be just like Christ. 
Jesus kept silent, and the high priest said, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. You have said it yourself, Christ responded. Nevertheless, I tell you hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. You might, honor, you might answer truth, but the response is going to be in 65 for you in your persecution. Then the high priest tore his robes and he had, he said, he has blasphemed. What further need do we have of witnesses? Behold, you have now heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They answered, he deserves death. Then they spat on his face and beat him with their fist and others slapped him. Well, we've gone a long way now. It's physical abuse. Christ then has one more darker moment because Peter in verse 70 and 74 betrays him. We have our last hope. The one guy that stayed by me, Peter. Peter leaves him. And in our persecution, it's going to happen the same way. But what did Christ do in his persecution and what should we do? Christ kept his focus on what the Lord wanted him to do. Maybe this is a little relief, but maybe it's not. We turn the chapter in chapter 27 and we find that evil people will meet their doom if they don't repent. And Judas did. But I think what I want you to point out here is whenever people are persecuting us, evil people will gather your friends and turn them against you. And I'm not going to tell you that it... I mean, I've had experiences where this has happened to me in the church and a month later... Somebody finally woke up and said, will you forgive me? Why didn't you tell me? I said, you wouldn't listen. You wouldn't give me a time to put a word in edgewise. That person is still one of my true friends today. Very true friends. Because they were man enough to come by. But notice, and that person was manipulated just like the chief priest manipulated Judas. People are going to manipulate because they are not focused on heaven. They're focused on whatever the situation they're trying to accomplish. You see what happens. But notice in verse 6 that the chief priests would not even put the money in the temple treasure. They knew what they had done. Evil people know what they're doing. But nobody could prove it, and there will not be justice. And why do we think there's going to be any different for you and I? Verse 18, people outside can still see the truth sometimes. Because in verse 18, for he knew that because of envy they had handed him over. So we see that Pilate 
understands and can see through things. But here's the kicker. In our persecution, in our persecution, just like as in Christ's persecution, Verse 24. When Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather the riot was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it. See to that yourself. Sometimes you can be right. You can have the date on your side. You're still going to get crucified. You're still going to get crucified. But the point of this lesson is if you're being persecuted and you're right with God, keep your focus on God and His will. I did not go through this passage and say that's going to be easy. But do you see what our Lord and Savior did? At every avenue, evil people were after him, clubs and swords. The closest people to him were leaving him. The closest people to him had been turned away. But he did it to fulfill the scriptures. Guys, that's an amazing thing. We live in a world today just, and, and there's nothing different from today and, than, than this. The ends justify the means. Notice they came in the dark. Notice they did it cloaked. Don't be surprised that you're going to be persecuted like that too. And then there's going to be a day that it's all going to be revealed to you. You're going to go, well, that's not true. Don't be Peter. Don't pull out your sword. Be Christ. Study the scriptures. And try to fulfill the scriptures so that we can get to heaven. Because we're going to meet Christ in Galilee three days after Three days hence. That's the resurrection. That's our hope. And that's what we need to be focused on. And we're going to be wrong. Just like our Lord and Savior. I hope this has been profitable for you. It was profitable for me to prepare it. It's tough to be persecuted. And just remember, as we went through there, sometimes it's your friends, but they don't even know. They don't even realize. So it's not that everybody's against you. We all can understand. How many of us can understand Peter? I can understand Peter. I stood up in public, Bubba, and gotten shot. Figuratively. But as Christians, whenever we're persecuted, Let's not turn to our anger and our reactionary mode. Let's turn to the scriptures and fulfill the scriptures. We're all going to be there. If there's anybody needs to obey the gospel, please come forward as we stand and sing.